0: Hey, it's Maggie. Just before we start this episode, I just wanted to say that I don't know what I was going on with the tangent uh, while recording this episode, but apparently was very angry. Um, so there is a lot of explicit language in this episode. So if you are listening around uh children maybe let's not do that um uh, if you're listening around pets that are you know sensitive got their little baby ears you don't want them to learn a bad thing maybe don't play this episode uh in front of them maybe it's just one you put in those uh little ear pods and listen to in your brain all right Hello and welcome to the Cat Mum Podcast, the podcast where mums support other mums like drunk girls in a bar bathroom. I'm your host, Maggie Simiclahay, and no, I'm not a professional. I'm just a mum trying to do her best. Hello, everybody. It has been a hot second. Um, I have... I'm currently sitting underneath the stairs in my usual podcasting area. I just had a cold shower because global warming is real and it is a million degrees in BC right now. Um, and it's May and it's just like, my dudes, this is not right. So, Anybody who uh, doesn't think that global warming is real, please come down here because it's fucking hotter than a witch's titty over here. I am so hot. I am sweating. I do love the summer and I do wait for it every single year. And then every time it comes around, I'm like, I hate being sweaty. I hate it. I want to be in an air conditioned room constantly. And we don't have air conditioning in the house. And every year we go, we should have gotten... AC. And then we're like, maybe next year. And we've done that now for five years. So we're just sweaty and hot and complaining. Well, at least I'm complaining right now. Um, And I'm trying to do some fucking self-care. So I have a little eye mask on and uh, having a little, you know, glass of water because I went to dinner and drag last night, had one cocktail and woke up feeling so hungover. So this is what you have to look forward to in your late 30s is hangovers after one friggin' cocktail. And I had zero voice because I was screaming for the drag queens. What else is up with you guys? Um, Jackson had eye surgery this week, so it has been a bit of a shit show. Um, He has one lazy eye. So he had to have surgery. I think it's called like strambismus surgery on his eye. He had it two years ago on the other eye. And that was a really traumatic experience because it was during COVID. So only one of us could go. So I ended up going. And um, when they put them down, they want a parent there so that the kid feels comfortable as they're being put to sleep. Um, And Jackson was just screaming, no, 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 as he fell asleep. Probably one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. And when I came out of the operating room, there was no one there in the hallway. I was completely turned around, didn't know where where I was going. And I just cried in the hallway. Um, Finally found the place where you go, um, the like unit or whatever. And then he came back and he was super grumpy. We brought him home. Well, I brought him home and he had a nap. He woke up. He was completely normal. This time my husband was allowed to join me at the hospital. He went in, um, for the sleeping part, the putting him to sleep part. Thank God. Um, because I'm still working on that trauma. Um, and, Jackson was, like, totally fine. He was just, like, yep, going to sleep. That's cool. And we had a nurse to, like, walk us back to our place. I was, like, honestly, the the difference was, like, unbelievable. So this podcast I thought I'd do was something a little bit different. Um, I went on Cat mom's and made a post about, What are some things that you wish that people told you before you had kids? Or like the shit that no one fucking tells you. I feel like there's a lot. I feel like there's been a lot of women in my life recently that are like, they don't fucking tell you about this before you have a kid. So I put the post up on Facebook on Facebook for the cat moms to answer. So these are cat mom answers. Um, and then I also put it on my Instagram stories and got a couple of responses from there. So those are on there as well. Holy shit. It's like a long, there's like the- four pages of things. Um, so we will be going through them. Um, if you are sort of, I don't know, contemplating having a kid and you've stumbled across this parenting podcast, maybe this will, um, inspire you not to have a child. Um, if you're on the, you know, on the edge, maybe it'll shift you to the edge of no kids. Um, if you have one kid and you're thinking of maybe going to two. um, I did have someone recently say that they had no fucking clue how hard it is when you have two children all of a sudden. And honestly, it's like one kid, you finally feel like you got it, you got it going on. And then you have a second kid and it feels like you have 14 children. It's not two, it's, it's 14 all of a sudden. I don't know what it is going from one to two. I mean, I haven't gone from two to three because I can I'm barely hanging on with you know the two um and I've heard that it's easier going from two to three because you've already made that crazy leap of going from one to two but it's honestly it's very interesting when you have two kids because you thought you were stressed out before with one and then you have the second one and you're like wow we had it really easy before with just one child um So I don't know, maybe this is like the scary episode, but um, we're going to talk about the shit that no one talks about or tells you about before you have a kid, and I think it's BS. And so we're going to talk about it on here. So let's get started. The first one was how the relationship with your spouse changes. I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast, um, but it does change, and honestly, I mean, so many people go into it and they're like, it's not going to change. We're going to be the same people that we were before and we're still going to go on trips together and we're still going to do stuff together. We're still going to go on date nights. No, you're not. You're not. You're going to be fucking sleep deprived. You are mad about your body because your body is completely changed. Um... Any time that you have that is free, you're probably going to be, I don't know, cleaning your house. Um, You're not going to be going on a date night. I honestly cannot remember the last time that Ian and I had a date night. Um, Unless you have family that's nearby that can take care of the kids. And that's amazing. And I am not at all jealous of people who have that and are able to, I don't know, go on a date night once a week. Um but yeah, your relationship with your spouse will change. It's inevitable. You're going from just the two of you being able to do whatever you want to being in charge of a little person and their life and their well-being. So your relationship with your spouse will change. And don't freak out about it. I mean, I always tell my friends who are pregnant, like there will come a time that you like look at your husband and are just like, I fucking hate you. I'm going to cut you right now. And you know what? That's completely normal. And it's all a phase. Please, please don't kill the husband. Um, you don't want to end up on Snapped or Dateline. Um, but there will come a time that you feel like shit. I fucked up my body for all of this shit. I'm going through all this hormonal stuff. If you're breastfeeding, you're the only one doing feedings. Um, and resentment can happen. So just be aware of it. Just like listen to my voice right now telling you that it's normal. You will get through it. I think relationships always have ups and downs. Um, and for the majority of the people that I know, having their first kid it's a it's a downtime in the relationship so just prepare yourself for that um nobody just sort of told me that before we had a kid and i mean our relationship was great and amazing before we had kids and it honestly it got really hard after we had kids and i'm like you know what i understand why those people who are like, oh, we're going to have a baby to save the relationship. It is not going to save the relationship. It is going to end the relationship because it is so stressful having a child and parenting. So, so yeah. So don't, don't have a baby to save your relationship because it's not going to work. You're just going to end up hating them even more. Um, how horrible sleep deprivation is and how relentless it is. Um, and how it comes back when they're older. Literally, Jackson was like dream sleep baby from like age, like three months, he was sleeping through the night. Riley at the time was three years old, never had slept the night in her life. She was up numerous times in the night. And now Jackson is like the worst effing sleeper. It is now what? 9 51 in the evening. I just got him down. We started bedtime. I think at eight. It was a little late tonight. Normally start at like seven, seven thirty. but he is so hard to get down. It's like you read him a million books. We do the whole thing. Ian goes in and snuggles with him. I snuggle with him. And then it's like, he's punching his door and screaming my name. So it comes back and sleep does come again in waves. There are cycles. Right now Riley is a fantastic sleeper and Jackson fucking sucks. He is not sleeping through the night. I hate it. Um it is terrible and yeah it it is relentless it is so relentless and especially at the beginning it is just it's torture it is absolute torture you will come to the point where you're like wow I got four hours of sleep consecutively like that's amazing so prepare yourself I know people are always like get ready because you're never gonna sleep when the kid gets there and it's fucking annoying but I'm here to tell you f- fucking sleep before the king gets here because he- <laughs> You are not going to sleep once the kid gets there because it's terrible. I wrote something here and I don't understand what I wrote. It says wishing they combo feel to get sleep. How they can? I don't know. You know what? Honestly, I wish that I could combo feed to get to sleep because clearly I am sleep deprived and I don't know what the hell that means. Um, how often you feel completely defeated? I feel defeated, just uh defeated, just reading you know this list, and I don't even know what I wrote, but it is true. you will feel defeated a lot of the time. You will have times where you go into your shower and you just cry. you turn on a you know a sad, sad song, you lock the door so the kid can't get in If it's like the baby, make sure it's in the crib, it's in like a safe place, if it's a toddler they're watching Paw Patrol, or they're with their dad, whatever. You get into the shower, and you just cry. You just feel completely defeated. Your toddler has told you how much they hate you, how they want to live in a new house, how you're a terrible mom, and you just feel defeated. And you just have a good cry. And honestly, a shower cry? Phenomenal. Let's get it out. We get out the emotions. It fucking sucks sometimes being a parent, and you will feel defeated. And that's completely normal. We all feel it. We all have those moments where we are completely defeated. And we have those days where we're like, this was a fucking shitty day. The kids were losing their minds about everything. And you have a good shower cry. You maybe take, I don't know, a melatonin gummy. Maybe you take a little bit of THC oil. And then you go to sleep. And then it's a new day the next day. The next one is how you might love your kid, but don't like them. This is so true. You love your kid unconditionally. They are, the feeling of love that I get when I think about both of my kids is amazing, but there are days where I will sell them for a dollar. There are days where they are absolutely grinding my nerves they are pushing all of my buttons. They are not listening. They are not doing anything that I want them to do. There are days where I feel like a ghost. I will literally stand there and repeat myself five times and no one is listening to me. And I'm like, am I Casper the ghost? Where's Bruce Willis? I would like to speak to somebody who actually listens to me. Um, yeah, that is totally normal. So, you know what? You will always love your kid, but there are times where you're just like, God damn it. Just get it together. Just pull it together. Um, This came from a cat mom who has an older child, and she said how the older they get, the bigger the problems. Amen. I mean, I think this is kind of This is, this is interesting because when you are, when you're in baby phase, it's like food, sleep, diaper changing, maybe washing them. And it's like such a cycle and it's just like fucking surviving this moment. And then all of a sudden it's like they are toddlers and then there's another problem. They're like walking everywhere. They're getting into stuff. They're finding knives randomly in the house. They're eating Tums. Um, And then like the bigger that they get, you know, they start going to school, then they have problems with their friends. You know, they get bullied and then it keeps getting more and more and more and more. So I don't think that people talk about that enough. Um, yeah, just about how the older they get, the bigger the problems are. You're kind of like, I mean, I always felt when, you know, Riley was a baby, I was like, I can't wait until like five or six. Like that is like my sweet spot. Like I'm great with little kids. Like I can make them laugh. We can talk about Disney movies. I'm like jazzed about it. And now that she's five or six, I wish she was a baby again, because the amount of talk back I get, I'm like, you did not do this when you were a baby. You were sweet when you were a baby. You cuddled me when you were a baby. So, I mean, the, the more money, more problems. More age, more problems. Uh, next one is boundaries. You tell them no and they don't listen. I probably say no a million times a day and it's just no one listens to me. Again, no one listens to me. I feel like a ghost in my house. I'm like, don't do that. Do not do that. Don't do that. Get your hands off of that. Do not touch that. That is dangerous. And they will still do it. And you feel crazy because you just repeat yourself a bajillion times. And then you friggin lose it on them. And then you feel bad because you lost it on them. So (sighs) I think like before I was a parent, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those like mean parents that, you know, like drags their kid out of the mall, like screaming, like, you know, I'll just, you know, talk to them like they're a little person and, you know, really get on their level and, and talk to them. And I remember one time when I was pregnant with Jackson, I was at the mall with Riley and I said no to something, or I made her leave the like play place in the mall. Something happened that was little and she lost it. It was like demon child from hell. And then she refused to walk. That's another thing that's really fun. We're going through that with Jack right now. They will just stop walking. Jack the other day just like laid down in the middle of the street and was just like, mm and I had to pick him up, hurt my back. They will refuse to walk. So I had to pick her up. I'm like seven months. No, not seven months pregnant because I would have been on bed rest. I was like, I was massive. Anyways, I was massively pregnant pulling this like two year old child, like on my hip. She's losing her mind. We had to walk through the entire mall because we had parked on the other side. People were just staring at me. Like I was like this hysterical woman with a baby, like this baby who was like losing its mind. And then I'm like, got another one on the way. It's just going to get worse. And I literally, I put her in the car, closed the car door. She was still screaming. And I was there and I was like, I wish I could have a fucking cigarette right now. God, I would have killed for a cigarette at that moment. I was so stressed. I was just like, this is not, this is not it. This is not the look. Um. So yeah, so if you have to do that and you've been in that situation Lord knows I've been there a bajillion times. Jackson loses it at everything. He is not good at transitions. So anytime that we leave something, he loses his mind. And at this point, I'm just like, whatever. People can give me the bad look. And you know what? If you're a parent and you're giving them a bad look, then shame on you. And may karma come back and bite you in the butt. And your kid does it as well. Next one is constant whack-a-mole. Figuring out the next phase you get breastfeeding down and then all of a sudden it's solids and then all of a sudden it's speech and it keeps going it literally keeps going it is a -a whack-a-mole you're like you'll get to a place where you're like we are in a we are in a schedule we're great we're breastfeeding we're doing all the things we're doing great and then you go to a checkup and you're like going through the checklist you're like yep breastfeeding check they're sitting up check and then all of a sudden there's a fucking question on it that's like, where it's like, my kid can drink with a cup. And you're like, they're fucking six months old. How are they supposed to drink with a cup? There is always one on the checklist that you're just like, goddamn, I didn't know I was supposed to be working on this. And that's fine. Your kid will figure it out. I mean, we're, we're still working on cups, to be quite honest. H- hell, half the time I can't drink out of a cup properly without spilling it on myself. So it's fine. But it is, it is like the constant whack-a-mole of just like figuring out the next phase. And then it's like, Riley started school and I didn't even think about the weird school times. So I didn't have after school care because who, A, okay, first, sorry, we have to go on a rant here. First of all, who came up with these school times? They are the most random times. I remember when I was little, it was like eight o'clock, you started school or 830 school ended at 3. Now, it's like school starts at 8.45 and ends at 2.43. It's like the most random times. And it's like, who has a job that has those times? Nobody. So then you need to find after school care and before school care. And I didn't realize, I've told the story about how I messed up on the kindergarten registration. Well, then right after that, messed up on the after school applications. So for like two solid months, I think my parents had to pick up Riley after school, take them to their house because we were both still working and then we had to go pick her up. It was insane. So it's like you finally get to a point and you're like, we're good. We've got a routine. It's great. And then all of a sudden there's something that pops up and you're like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Same thing with Jackson, summer camp. Our daycare lady used to work through the summer. This is the first year she's not working through the summer. Jackson's four. It's impossible to find a summer camp for a four-year-old. Impossible. I've tried every route. Everywhere's full. I just today found like half a day day camps. It's from like nine to 12. So now my parents are going to have to pick him up for half of the summer and have him for half a day so i don't know it's just you think you're doing okay and then you're like god damn i forgot to teach my kid how to swim or like god damn i forgot to teach my kid how to bicycle it's just constant it's constant and you will feel mom guilt about it i feel so much mom guilt it's impossible to find swimming lessons here in victoria but i still have mom guilt about it i'm still like my kids don't really know how to swim I mean, like their grandparents take them and they do do swimming, but they haven't done like a legit swimming lesson. And it's just like the mom guilt just gets me. Um, next one is the gut punch. If your child isn't on the quote unquote normal developmental path and it is so common. Oh my God. I think I could write a book about this. Both of my kids were not on the normal developmental path. I've gone through it so many times with you guys on the podcast. It's okay. Jackson is turning four in like a week and a bit. Also haven't planned his birthday party all, on top of, you know, all of the stuff. Speaking of mom guilt and speaking of things that just come up and I just forget. Uh, yeah, haven't, uh, haven't figured that out and what we're doing. So that's good. Um... We are just surviving over here. We are not thriving. Um, Yeah, the normal developmental path. Uh, Riley had failure to thrive when she was a baby. She was followed by the pediatrician for a while because she was super small. Um, She didn't walk until she was like two. Same with Jackson. Um, And you know what? Jackson isn't potty trained. He's almost four And you know what? He doesn't really have interest in it. I think it might have something to do with his autism. Um, But you know what I tell myself? I'm like, he's going to figure it out at some time. Like, he's not going to be wearing diapers in, you know, grade 11. We'll figure out the potty at some point. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. If they have developmental delays, you'll figure it out. And if you have a good GP, If you're on, if you are on top of it, it, you know, if you're allocating for your kid, you will have those resources for you and take the resources. Oh my God, take the resources. Um, but don't freak out if your kid is not on a quote unquote normal developmental path because it's so friggin' common. The amount of people that I know that their kids have gone to speech, the amount of kids that have gone to therapy, like, you know, physical therapy, the amount of kids that are, you know behind in school all that stuff it's it's common it's so friggin' common and people don't talk about it and don't worry because both of my kids were not on the quote-unquote normal developmental path and they're they're fine they're thriving they're th- they're thriving and I am not <laughs> they're thriving I'm surviving over here um missing the baby years Um, shockingly, it is true. I, there are times where I just wish that I could like go back and just like squish like a baby Jackson or like squish a little baby Riley, just have a little snuggle. You know, there's like memories that I have of the first year of Riley's life where, you know, I would be on evening duty while she was sleeping and like I'd be watching stranger things and just like holding her and feeding her and like I miss those times do I want to go back to those times not really but I wish that there was like a time machine that you go back just for like a day hold your baby squish your baby and then come back and then they'll tell you to like F off or whatever, <laughs> And then they'll tell you that they want a new home. And then you're like, I'm going to go back in the time machine and go back to baby you because baby you is appreciative of the milk that I was giving you. Um, you might not feel over- overwhelming love right away, and that's okay. We've talked about it on the podcast before. There's also, the next one also leads into that, which is some people aren't baby people and that's okay too. Honestly, like I said before, I didn't think I was a baby person, really did not. I was like, I'm just looking forward to like, you know, five and six. And you know what? I found out I am a baby person, but some people are not. Some people hate babies. My best friend hates babies. And that's okay. You know what? The baby time is one of the most stressful times of your life. And you can be, you cannot be a baby person and that's totally fine. And you might hit five or six and you're like, damn, I'm a five-year-old or a six-year-old. Or like you hit three and you're like, damn, I love my three-year-old. I love the toddler years. That's okay. If you have a baby right now and you're just like, I, this is like, what the fuck? This is not for me. Just wait. There's another one that says, Literally the next one says everything is a phase and that is something that Ian and I told each other all the time and we still tell each other all the time. It's just a phase. They're not sleeping. It's just a phase. There will be a time where they sleep. They're not potty trained. It's a phase. They'll potty train sometime. Sometime they will go on the toilet and not have a diaper. It's just a phase. Everything is a phase. And also not feeling that overwhelming love right away. Do not feel guilty about that. I think the cat mom who wrote this said it was like six months until she felt some love for her baby. And that is totally normal. It's like a tiny little alien who you grew inside your belly. And it just sort of pops out one day. And you don't know anything about it really. So you might not have that overwhelming feeling of love right away and that's totally fine. And people don't talk about that enough. And I think a lot of moms feel guilty that they think that they're going to have this, you know, amazing moment where they like put the baby on your chest and you're just like, I've never felt love better than this. Now I know what love is. And I didn't really get that either. Like I, I loved, I love both my babies and I loved them, you know, the minute they were on me, but it wasn't like the same thing where people were like, I never knew what love was until I held my baby. I I never got that. But I was like, I love you and you're very cute. And I will keep you until you're mean to me. And then I'll want to sell you for a dollar. Next one is giving birth vaginally and feeling vulnerable and modest and how exposed you feel through it. Oh my God. The amount of people who have seen my vagina. I'm now like, you know what? By the time I had Jackson, I was just like, Does anyone else want to take a look? Does anyone else want to stick a hand up there? It's open, it's it's open season for my vagina. It is getting so much attention. Um yeah, there are a lot of people who are just coming in and they're like, let's let's see how far you are. And then they just stick their little fingers right up your vagina, and you're like, Hello, buy me dinner first. Also no one told me this they go up the other little little poop chute as well i had to get a swab in my butt no one told me about that and then when jackson decided to come early well tried to come early i had to get that butt swab numerous times not a fun time i don't even know what the test is for i can't remember now but they do swab your butt So not only are people going up in your vagina, they're also going up your back door too. And it ain't fun. So much touching of the vagina. And then also, if you are trying to give birth, like if you're like with your midwife or with your GP and you're like, let's get this thing going, they can do something that's called, oh, what is it called? It's called like stripping your... I would say like stripping your loins, but that's not it. Oh, I forget what it's called. Future Maggie will come in in a hot second and tell me what it actually is. Um, but we do have, oh my God, this reminded me of a story actually from Cat Moms. We had, so one of the nurse cat moms had her nurse friend come and do this for, oh, sweeping the membranes. That's what it is sweeping the membranes. So basically they come in your in your hoo-ha and they I don't know they're sweeping membranes I don't know where the membranes are but it feels like the membranes are like by your belly button like they go so far up you're like getting fisted um and we had we had one of our nurse cat moms had a friend nurse who worked in labor and delivery and she was called Spider Fingers because she had the longest fingers, and she was so good at sweeping membranes. So Spider Fingers is another term that we like to use in cat moms uh, for sweeping the membranes, and it effing hurts. Let me tell you. Oh my God, it hurts so. I don't know what the membranes are. I don't know what they're doing up there with their little spidery fingers up your hoo ha. But it fucking oh my God, I had to get it done a couple of times to get labor going with Jackson. And oh my God, it was painful. Sweeping those membranes. But yeah, you do feel vulnerable. And it's like, all your bits are out for show and tell. Everyone's coming in, looking at your vagina, talking about your vagina, how far along you are. Everyone's sticking a hand up there. It's just like a free for all. Your vagina is like a Chinese buffet and everyone is coming in to eat some fried wontons. I don't know. That was not a very good one. Listen, I am so sleep deprived. The jokes are not great. But they are all up in your business. And it is, you do feel very vulnerable because you also don't know what's happening if it's your first birth. You're literally like, I have no clue. So you go into it like I did and you ask for the gas and you just get very high and then you feel fine. You just do Silence of the Lambs quotes and it's fine. Also, you will poop. You will poop. If you were were vaginally delivering, my biggest thing before I had Riley and I was freaking out about labor, because you do for the nine months that you're pregnant, the two things that freaked me out were A, pooping while I was delivering, and B, Ian seeing my vagina being torn up. So I was like, these are the two things that I don't want to happen. I can't really control the poop, but Ian, stay up by my shoulders because I don't want you to see that happen and be traumatized and like fall down dead. And then by the time I was giving birth, I pooped numerous times and I didn't give a fuck. I was like, the nurses were like, this means that you are pushing properly. And I'm like, great. I'm in so much pain. Get this child out of me. I didn't, I didn't give enough. I mean, everyone had been up in my vagine. They had been up in my butthole anyways with the little tickler. And you know what? I pooped a couple of times. It's fine. The nurses are used to it. They just, they take it away. God bless nurses. They just take it away and they act like nothing happened and honestly like by the time Riley started to come out I was like Ian take a look because see her they were like she has so much hair and I'm like Ian okay yeah take a look but I didn't want any cameras I did not want to see any of it happening to this day I've not watched actually I have watched some birth videos I'm I'm But I didn't before I gave birth, if that makes sense. I didn't watch any birthing videos in order to prepare myself because I felt like if I watched that, I'd be like, what the fuck? And still, when I see like how big your vagina gets, when the baby comes out, I'm like, WTF? I did that twice? What the hell? Next one is you will lose your shit often and, and more than you thought possible. It's true i think that i'm like a pretty chill person ian is like ian when i met ian was like the most chill person i've ever met in my entire life and before we had kids i was like i'm gonna be like the disciplinarian um i used to work in retail management so i was a store manager so i was used to like you know putting the hammer down or whatever and i was like i'm gonna be like the person who's gonna discipline the kids didn't happen that way. It's the opposite. I'm like, I'm like the mom who is like, it's okay. Come over here. Like we'll be, I'll cry with my kids. I'll be like, it's fine. You know what? But you do lose, you do lose your shit often. And you know what? It's okay. It is okay. And I think the key to it is if you do lose your shit and then you, and you always feel guilty afterwards, the amount of times that I've come back to my kids and said, listen, mommy got very mad at you. She might've gone a little bit overboard. People make mistakes and I'm sorry that I freaked out so much. And I think that's an important thing for kids to learn that you're not a perfect person Your parent isn't a perfect person. I don't want my kids to think that. I want my kids to see that I am a flawed person like everybody else in the world. And I want them to be able to come to me and when they mess up, I'm going to be like, that's okay. We all mess up. We all do things. We all say things. We insinuate things that we don't mean. And that makes us human. And I think... We need to give ourselves some grace for those times that we do lose it on our kids and then we feel guilty afterwards. And go and apologize to your kid. I think that's really important. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a professional. It's literally on the the podcast cover art. I'm not a professional. It literally says that on the podcast cover art. Um, So I don't know. Maybe this is, you know, But I think it's important to admit when you're wrong to your children. I think it's good to apologize to them. It's good for them to see that you're not a perfect person. And I think it's good to cry in front of your kids and show emotion. Um, But yeah, you will lose your shit a lot. And it's okay. Um, Next one. PPA. Postpartum anxiety. Postpartum depression. Worst time of your life. Absolutely, it's terrible. Anybody who's gone through it, it's awful. It's depression and anxiety. It's it's terrible. I would wish it on nobody, not even my worst enemy, to be honest. It's terrible, and it's hard. And I believe it's like one in four. I should have put down the stat- the statistics, but I believe it's like one in four women will have postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. Look for it while you're in pregnancy. Check in with yourself. See how you're doing. See how you're feeling. After the baby is born, I know that all the attention goes towards the baby and you start to feel like completely neglected. Check in with yourself. See how you're feeling. If you're feeling overwhelmed I mean, we went through that whole episode about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. If you see any of those signs, if you feel upset, if you feel like your baby would be better off with you not being there, please talk to your doctor. Please call a mental health helpline in your city. It's, it's so worth it. It is hard to do that first reach out, but it is so, so, so worth it. And you will feel so much better. And the stigma about going on medication, F that. F the stigma about going on medication. I'm on about a bajillion medications. I am also off of my ADHD medications right now because my psychiatrist is giving me like a two month break and then we're starting a new one because my body has just been changing medications so much. And because of that, I've started a new hobby and I am now, I'm now flipping furniture. Uh, so my ADHD is off the charts. Um, but medication is honestly, it is a godsend and take anything that you can. Um, I really love the app Aura. Um, I think it's been really great for me. There's a ton of things. There's meditations on there. You can choose the length of meditation. So if you just want to do a short one before bed, there are soundscapes. Um, There's people who are talking about different types of, you know, depression or different topics. Um, You can choose anything from there. I honestly love the app so much. There's also a gratitude, um, like, note section in it that I really like. A couple of months ago, I was, um, complaining to my psychiatrist about all the shit that I was going through. And she, she was just like, Maggie, you need to start writing down the good things. And I was like, fair enough. I'm being a negative Nancy and I need to go into an attitude of gratitude and I need to look at the things that I do have and that I am grateful for. This went on a, ta- <laughs> this went on a tangent. It's an ADHD tangent. My God. Um, but yes, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. If you are feeling that, there are resources out there. Please talk to your doctor. It is not worth it sitting in that pain or sitting in that guilt. Um, or sitting in that anxiety it's terrible so please 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 reach out um next one i have it's another note that i made to myself it says 24 and then there's a an arrow and it says leaving down i have no idea what that means leaving down Maybe just 24-7, you feel like you're letting everyone down. I'm, I'm going to change it to that because honestly, sometimes I feel like that too. I feel like 24-7, 365, there's something that I'm forgetting, something that I'm not doing, and I'm letting someone down. Um, feeding friends. Oh my God. When you have a toddler, when they have friends over, oh my God, the friends are going to eat all your food. Also, your kids are going to eat you out of house and home, which is great in this economy where everything costs so much money. Um, yeah, you will end up fe- feeding all of the friends. I've heard that once they get older and they're teenagers, it's going to be even worse. Have a lot of snacks nearby, go to Costco, get the big bag of things. Of course, you're going to get the big bag and then your kid's going to be like, I don't like goldfish crackers anymore. And then you're going to have to eat them. Um but yeah, feeding friends. Oh, this next one I loved. This is actually coming from a coworker who has a teenager. <laughs> she said um, that you will have to dispel myths about masturbation. Um, I didn't even know that this was going to be something that I was going to have to worry about. And now I'm worried about it. Um, She said that her son thought like he was going to lose an arm if he masturbated Um, that if you masturbated like more than once a week, um, something was going to happen to you, you'd go blind, all that stuff. So I'm not looking forward to the masturbation, um, conversation that I'm going to have to have with my kids, but apparently we're going to have to dispel those myths, um, about it to them at some point. I've already had to talk to Riley about giving birth, which I've talked about on the podcast, Um, I've also had to have like a deep conversation about death with Riley because her great grandpa died. Um, And I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but it was very strange discussing with her the difference between a soul and your body, like your physical self, but then your soul and how your soul is you, but your body is just your body and how your body stays, but your soul goes. And then I was like, some people believe that you're and she was like, Where does the soul go? I'm like, some people believe that it goes to heaven. I like to sort of believe that they're, you know, still around, watching out for us. Um, I'm like, and then some people believe that your soul comes back and you're reincarnated. And Jackson from the back of the car just said, No. So my son is not a Buddhist. He does not believe in reincarnation. Um, I do. So Maybe I'm going to have to have a talk with him about that when he's older. But yeah, you'll have to dispel myths about everything. And you'll have to have these weird conversations that will come out of literally nowhere. You'll be like driving home from a birthday party and your six-year-old will be like, where is Grandpa Bob? What is death? And you're like, cool. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about on my Saturday when I'm feeling a little bit hungover from the one cocktail I had the night before. Um, next thing, how they're always mad about everything. Oh my God. They're always mad. They're mad if you have, if you, you don't have the right snack. They're mad if you, um, gave them the snack that they asked for, but it wasn't on a right plate. They get mad if, um, if they get to do something fun, Um, if you go and go out of your way to like buy them something, they're going to get mad because it's not the right thing. Um, they're just always mad. They're just mad about everything. And, uh, yeah, that's really frustrating. I'm always saying to Riley, like, this is not an attitude of gratitude. We need to step it around. We need to change how we're feeling. And we need to have an attitude of gratitude and stop being mad about everything. God damn. Um... Next one is how much guilt comes with every choice you make. Oh my God. Absolutely. Every single friggin' choice you make. Also, here's a hot tip for people who are pregnant. Don't tell people your baby name before you have the baby. People have opinions. I know how hard it is to name a child. You have all of the people that you've gone to school with. You have negative connotations about names. You dated certain people with names. So it is so hard to come up with a name for your kid, period, to start off with. Like two people coming up with a name, that's hard enough. And then if you tell the name before the baby's born, people have an opinion. They don't like the name. Too fucking bad. So don't tell them until after after baby's born, then you can tell them the name. And then you know what? Then they can't tell you that they don't like it. And if they do, fuck them. Slap them across the face. (laughs) Don't slap them across the face. But honestly, if someone says to you that they don't like your kid's name, fuck that person. Don't be friends with them. Oh my God. Rude. But yeah, don't tell the name before you have the kid because there's so much friggin' drama. Oh my god, my dad was like offering to pay us, I think a thousand dollars a week if we named Jackson Stefan his name, and I was like, I no, no that's not going to be the kid's name. Sorry. And he didn't even know what the name of the baby was going to be, but he was like, if you if you name it Stefan. I will give you $1,000 a week. And I was like, A, that's not going to happen. You're going to forget to do that. B, don't want to name my kid Stefan. C, we already have a way to honor you. So what we did with my dad is he is the only boy in his family. And ob- I'm his only child. I was like, obviously, I'm his only child. No, I'm his only child. You guys don't know that. Um... And so the name, my last name Simic, basically dies with me. Um, so for Jackson, one of his middle names is Simic, um, so that the name doesn't die with um, with me. It can it t- carries on with Jackson. Um, I think my dad has forgotten about this constantly. So, but uh, him and him and Jackson are like BFF. So it's all good. But yeah, no, we're not naming our kids. We're not, we're not giving our name. We're not naming our child, Stefan. It's not happening. Um, but yeah, guilt comes with every single choice that you make. And I'm just going to start out with baby stuff. Cause that's all I can really think about right now. Um, the other thing that happened was also when everyone found out that we were having a boy for the second one, they were like, are you going to circumcise him? Why are we talking about my baby's dick? Why are we doing it like he hasn't even been born yet i don't want to talk about it and that's like a private thing i think that there is like a reason for everybody doing their thing but we decided not to get him circumcised i figured if he wants to get circumcised later on in life he can do that um but for us we just decided as a family that's what we were planning to do and the amount of vitriol we got about not circumcising our child was insane and then my dad started talking about how you have to like like (laughs) I want to say like jack off your child but he's like you have to play with his penis and I'm like what is happening right now this is no you don't unless I'm wrong please someone write in and tell me that I'm supposed to be dealing with the foreskin in some way because I don't know I don't know. This is too much talk about my child's penis. But anyways, you will feel guilty about every single choice that you make. As a parent, I've told so many times about friggin' formula. I can't with the people who are like, breast breast milk is the best milk. No. The best is that your baby is fed. New moms, if you're formula feeding your child, oh my God, do not feel guilt. Do not feel guilt. You are feeding your child... They're fine. They're absolutely fine. But yeah, guilt will come with every single choice that you make, no matter what. People have an opinion. Like, people have assholes. Everyone has them. They have their opinions. People will say the weirdest shit to you. I mean, I just talked about my son's penis, but, like, people were talking about my son's penis before he was even born. People were talking to me about my breasts. After I had Riley, because I was like, I'm not breastfeeding. And then it's like, well, why aren't you breastfeeding? I'm like, none of your goddamn business. But at the time I felt guilty. And then I had to go through this whole spiel about how we did donor milk and how i tried to pump and how the medication that I was given from the doctor was going to actually kill me. And that's when I realized that we're going to go to that. We're going to go over to formula. And then she was failing to thrive formula, whatever. But you will feel guilt about everything and everyone will have a fucking opinion and just like, don't listen to them. It's fine. Do your own thing. You do the thing that's best for your family. You want to circumcise your child? Great. You don't want to circumcise your child? Great. You want to breastfeed? Fantastic. You can do it? Oh my God. Amazing for you. Love it. You want to breastfeed in public? I'm all for it. I will fucking kill a bitch if anyone comes to talk to you and say it's inappropriate, I will slap a bitch for you. And I didn't even breastfeed in public. Formula feeding? Great. I love that for you. I love that for you. So great. You know what's great with formula feeding? You can get your husband to do the night feedings. You can divvy him up. It's great. So anything that you do, I'm like I'm here supporting you. I don't have, you know, an opinion. You know what I have an opinion on? Assholes who give opinions. Don't like them. Don't fucking give me your opinion. Didn't ask for it. Did not ask for it. Don't talk to me about my son's penis. Next one is eating. Yep. Um, I think Riley literally eats about four things right now. And one of the things that she used to love, yogurt. Apparently she's off it now. So we're down to three. If your kid's eating something, great. But don't freak out if they're not getting enough stuff. Like they'll, again, like they're not going to all of a sudden make it to college and they haven't had a vegetable. It'll happen at some point. It's a phase. It's a phase. We're okay. If they're fed, that's fine. The amount of times that I've just had dinners where I'm like, we're just eating snacks. The kids like strawberries. Gonna put them on a plate. You know what else they like? Cheese. I'm going to put some cheese on a plate, too. What else do they like? Oh, cut up apple. Throw that on there. They want to have a cookie for after dinner. Absolutely. Jackson is like the king of the cookies. He will eat like an entire container of cookies. We actually have to like hide them from him because he will eat all the cookies, which is probably why he's not sleeping. He's probably just on a sugar high. But don't worry about eating like they will. They and honestly, like there's sometimes where you're like, you've eaten a grape today. Like, how do you have how do you have this energy that you do? You've had one grape. How is this possible? Like they're running on fumes and you're just like, I don't understand it. And then the next day they'll eat like a horse and you're just like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But if they like something. Buy a lot of it. Not too much, because then again, they're going to hate it in like two weeks. Eating's fucking hard. Again, I don't judge anybody. I don't judge if you go to McDonald's because it's like the only thing that they'll eat. We eat chicken nuggets like all the time in our house. Um, Riley loves what can only be described as skeddy for those who watched Honey Boo Boo. Um, there was this disgusting recipe <laughs> that they had on the show that I was like, when I watched before I was a parent, was like, that's disgusting. Riley likes spaghetti, a little bit of butter, and then she likes ketchup. It's skeddy. I'm feeding my child that. You know why? Because she's going to actually eat it. And I don't want to fight about it. I don't want to fight. I'm too tired. I'm too tired at the end of the day. She can eat skeddy. She can be the next honey boo-boo. I don't care. As long as she's eating, she's eating. Uh, Next one is that I would never sleep past 6 a.m. again. Yep, yep. It's true. It's true. They're up at the crack of dawn. And you know what? People will tell you like, oh, just put your uh, child to bed a little bit later and then they'll sleep in. That is baloney. Baloney. That does not work. You put your kid to sleep at seven o'clock, they will wake up at six. You put them to bed at nine o'clock, they will wake up at six. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. They will wake up. They have those internal little crazy, super early alarm clocks. They will wake up early. So that's BS. Don't listen to the people that are like, oh, just, you know, shift, shift their sleep time later. It doesn't work. It does not work. They will get up at the same time and you will just have even less sleep. This one I really loved. This is from a new mom. She said, learn to accept help because you'll need it. Have a list of tasks that people can do for you. I friggin love this. This is, it, this is ingenious. Learning to accept help is so hard. And I never understood the expression, it takes a community to raise a child until I had a kid. And I was like, oh, yep, yeah, it's true. You do need that community around you. If you are lucky enough to live where your parents are and your parents are willing to help, have a list. This is, oh, this is so good. Especially, like, at the beginning and now that COVID's over, people will come over to visit you and the baby. And they'll be like, what can I do for you? How can I help? Be like, there's a fucking list on the fridge. And it's like, clean the bathroom. (laughs) Wash the dishes. But honestly, like when my cousin had her first baby, when we came over and my husband was snuggling with the baby, I just went into her kitchen and I just washed her dishes for her. Because I know that you don't have the time to do that. And I'm not like trying to pat myself on the back, but I think that this is a really good idea is to have a list of tasks that people can do for you. Just like, you know, wipe down the counters. Can you... Can you clean the bottles? Uh, can you f- put the load of laundry from the washing machine to the dryer? I love it. I love it. Have a list of tasks for people that they can do for you. It's like a, it's like a wedding registry. You just have it there. They choose what they want to do. They do it. Then you don't feel guilty and you're not on like, you know, thinking, trying to think of something. And then you're just going to be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. No, you're like, go to go to the task list. It's on the fridge. (laughs) Please clean my bathroom for me. (laughs) Please mop the floors. Thank you. But people want to help. People want to help. So I think this is a great idea. I would love it if I went over to visit a friend and I was like, do you need anything? And she was like, there's a little list of things that I need done. Could you do one of them? Oh my God, would love it. People ask me all the time, like, what should I buy for like my friend who just had a baby? You know what the best gift is? They don't need onesies. They don't need clothes because they've received so many of that. You know what they need is they need a house cleaner to come in. Get a house cleaner for your friend. Everyone pitch in, get a house cleaner to come in because their house is going to be a disaster and it's going to feel so amazing. We had a house cleaner come in after Jackson was born and honestly, it was like life changing. It was amazing. I'm just saying. This one, I, the next one, I really, there's, there's so much in this and I could go on forever, but so much about your own childhood will be revealed to you in your responses to your kids when they do certain things, either pushing your buttons or doing something like you did once. It's crazy how much you are healing your inner child while you are also raising a child, at least for me. There are certain things that your child will do that will trigger you. And it's important to figure out what the like reason for that trigger is. So like Riley will be like, oh, I have a terrible life. And this, this home is terrible, blah, 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 blah. It really triggered me. I was like, man, she is just being Entitled. And entitlement kills me. It's like, just be, I just, I just wish that she would be, have gratitude for what she has. And it kills me that she's like, this house is terrible. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea how good you have it. You have no idea. And it's like, it's just one of those things that they're going to learn. We're going to make her go to a soup kitchen in a couple of years so she can figure it out. But like, There will be things that trigger you. Sound, oh my God, sound triggers Ian so much, like when they're screaming. It also triggers me as well. So many things will trigger you and so many things you'll be like, wow, I just said something that like my mom would have said to me or that my dad said to me or you're going to do things that you wish that your parents did for you as a child. There's so much that comes back to your childhood and it is wild how much that happens. The next thing also sort of ties in forgiving your parents. They did the best they could. You really realize that no one is perfect. Your parents had no idea what they were doing. You have no idea what you're doing. You're just doing the best that you can. And our parents were just doing the best that they could. We're all just trying our best. And you're doing a great job. You are doing a great job. If you love your kid, if you're trying the best for your kid, you are doing great. You're a great parent. That's all it comes down to. If they feel loved, if they feel secure, you're doing a great job. Next thing is society pushing the hole. You must have children to have a fulfilling life. Um, someone said, knowing what I know now, I could have had a ha- a full happy life without kids. It's true. If you're on, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't have kids yet, and you're, you know, wondering, should I have a kid? Should I not have a kid? It is possible to have a great and amazing fulfilling life without kids. Don't let society pressure you into that. If you're like on the edge and you're like, I I don't know if I want to do this. It is a huge responsibility. And don't let society pressure you into doing something that you don't want to do. Just because they think that 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 it's like the next step. That is the thing that you must do. Next one is, as a mom, how much you'll be the default slash primary caregiver, no matter how hard you try to make things equal. Oh my God. This is so true. I mean, we talk about the emotional workload. That's wrong. I'm going to have to have Maggie come in, future Maggie come in and talk about that. What is it? The mental load? That sounds... sounds sexual um but you will turn out to be the default slash primary caregiver it's so true and it's like it's society it's the patriarchy it is um there's so much that goes into it that you do end up being the default parent for so many things and like People will just assume to like email you instead of emailing, you know, Ian takes the kids to like takes Jackson to therapies, and I'm still the one who gets like the emails for the therapies. And I'm like, just email Ian. He's the one who's taking him to these things. But people just assume that like the mom is going to be the one that deals with everything. And it's hard. It is really hard. There is that mental load that men don't necessarily seem to have as much as women. I think as women, we sort of constantly have this list running in our heads of like, okay, well, Friday is um swim day. So I need to make sure that like the bathing suit is washed and it's ready to go. Oh, we're going on vacation. I need to make sure that I do laundry on Tuesday because we're going to be leaving on Thursday. I don't think men have the same thing going on in their head. So a lot of it comes down to you and I've found as somebody who is not a big fan of reaching out or, um, or having conflict, I've found that very hard to be able to ask for help from my partner. And I think a lot of it you don't see because it's just like, oh, the laundry's done. Oh, okay. Like this, this got done, this got done, um, and I think the best thing that you can do and the best advice that I've, the best relationship advice period that I got from my best friend is that no one, can, your partner cannot read your mind. Unless you tell them specifically, they're not going to read your mind. And I think a lot of women, we just assume that they should know. But unless you tell them, unless you tell them your expectation Or unless you tell them specifically, they're not going to be able to read your mind and do the thing that you want to do. So I think communication with your partner is so key, and it's something that you're constantly going to be working on. Next um, is things and activities that you think will be fun or just stressful and everyone melts down. We went to like this family fair last weekend and we had gone to it the previous year, had an amazing time. There was like a ton of like sportsy stuff. The kids were happy. They were off doing their thing. They were, you know, running in a bouncy castle. This time it was like the hottest mess. All Riley wanted to do was get her face painted and the lineup was literally like an hour long. So we were just sitting in the lineup. Jackson was friggin' antsy. He was like running around everywhere, screaming. It was just like the nightmare of all nightmares. You think that you're going to do something super fun and it turns out to be chaotic and stressful and you're like, why did I do this? You're just sweating. You're thirsty. You're hungry. Everyone's grumpy. And you're like, why did I do this? And then a year later, you look back at the pictures that you took that day and you're like, we had a great day. It was great. Uh, next one is nothing can, pre- nothing can prepare you for being the adult responsible for another human being 24 seven. Oh my God. Yes, it's true. It is so true. It is very strange at the beginning when you're like, wow, I am, res- I am responsible for this person. I can't kill it. Like I kill plants. I have a black thumb, kill plants all the time. I was like, can't do that with the baby. I'll make sure I feed it. I can't forget to water the plant. Like, I can't forget to feed the baby. I mean, the baby's going to cry. You can't forget to feed the baby. But yeah, it's it's um, it's um a big thing, realizing that you're responsible for another human being 24-7. Oof. Next one is thinking about their well-being all of the time. Yes. What I just talked about. Oh my God, you're constantly thinking about it. Are they fitting in? Do they have enough friends? Do their friends like them? Are they happy? Are they eating enough vegetables? Probably not. Why aren't they pooping? We have chronic diarrhea or (laughs) chronic diarrhea. We have chronic constipation in our house with one of the kids. And it's like, why aren't you pooping? I'm constantly thinking about them pooping. When did they poop last? Do I need to give them a laxative? do we need to go to the hospital? (laughs) Because it's been like two weeks since they pooped. It is, it's stressful. It is so stressful thinking about their well-being all of the time. Sometimes I can't even remember the last time I pooped. It's like I need a poop calendar for everybody in the house. Next one is never ending whining. It never ends. It never ends. If your child whines all the time, oh my God, welcome to the club. It never ends. It's just constant whining about everything, everything possible. Next one is babies coming early and not being prepared. Oh, Lord, could I speak on that? Not prepared at all. Was not prepared Did not have a hospital bag packed. We didn't have a crib made. We had nothing ready because Riley came four weeks early. And a lot of times people are talking about like, oh, with the first baby, they always come late, blah, blah, blah. Prepare yourself because they might come early. This one I loved so much. Someone said, people say you can have it all these people have help. Not everyone has help or is comfortable accepting that help. So maybe you can't have it all at one time and that's okay. Let's listen to that again. People say you can have it all. These people have help. Not everyone has help or is comfortable accepting that help. So maybe you can't have it all at one time and that is okay. oh my God, I could have used that for the first couple of years when we didn't have any help in Vancouver. We had no one nearby who could really help us. And you always want to do everything. I mean, I was running a store. I was, you know, focusing on work and I was like, I'm going to be this big like, business lady, plus be a mom, plus do this. no, nope. We moved back to Victoria, we got help, and I was like, I'm not doing, uh, like, a heavy lifting job again. Like, I can't be that responsible. I can't be that married to my job because I need to be there for my kid because we don't have that help. We don't have as much help as we'd love. And that's okay. You can't, you can't have it all. And that's fine. And don't listen to the person who's like, you can have it all. Fuck off. You probably have 10 nannies slaps more people. Next one is peeing after sneezing is common, but not normal. Go see a PT. Yep, it's true. Um, this happens all the time. And so many of the cat moms have talked about pelvic therapy and how it's like literally changed their life. So if you are peeing after sneezing, go see a, um, pelvic therapists like they're I think that's what they're called um but they're amazing like the cat moms are like it's life changing being overstimulated all the time oh my god could I talk about this for 10 years I feel like I'm constantly overstimulated there are days where I'm just like I want no one to touch me there are days where I put the kids down and I'm like Ian please don't talk to me I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be touched by anybody. Like the cats will come and want to lie on me. I'm like, no, off. I don't want anything touching me because I'm so overstimulated. And as somebody who has ADHD and is neurodiverse, it's even worse because I get overstimulated anyways. But man, oh my God, you are just overstimulated constantly. And learning how to deal with that overstimulation and what you can do. For me, it's just not talking and not being touched. And the last one is second-guessing yourself constantly. All the time. All the time. I mean, I'm here with a parenting podcast and I, again, I'm not a professional, just a mom trying her best. And I'm constantly second-guessing myself. With everything. 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 And that's okay. That's mom guilt again. And people don't talk about it enough, but you are second guessing yourself. You'll yell at your kid and you'll, you know, put them in a timeout. And then you're like, should I have put them in a timeout? And we don't know. We don't know. I mean, what I say all the time is like, every kid is going to end up in therapy at some point to deal with some sort of childhood trauma. And I'm trying to make it like the least amount of trauma as possible. (laughs) But I'm still second-guessing myself constantly with everything, with everything. And you know what? You're going to feel like you are never doing enough and you're going to be second-guessing yourself and that's okay. Welcome to motherhood. It's a fucking crazy ride. But you know what? You've got the cat mums. We are here for you. So maybe this was a bummer episode, for those who are like thinking about having kids, maybe you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm never having children. Um, but I think it's impossible. It's important to talk about these things, especially as people who have kids and maybe you're in the thick of it. Maybe you're in the baby thick of it. Maybe you're about to have a baby and you're like, oh my God, I've made a mistake. Um, maybe you have a toddler and you're like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to talk about these things. And some of them are taboo, you know? Some of these things that I've said are taboo. And people will be like, what? You don't like your kids sometimes? Yeah, sometimes I don't. You know what, Carol? Sometimes I don't like myself as well. That's like a lot of the time. (laughs) We're in therapy for that. It's fine. And I'm here to tell you it's fine. I love you. You're doing amazing. You've got this. Parenting is hard. They don't tell you the shit before you get into it. Sorry that this didn't come to you if you've already had kids, but maybe you're sitting here just like saying, yep, absolutely. And maybe that's going to make you feel a little bit better to know that you're not alone and you're not alone. Parenting is hard, man. It's hard and it's heartbreaking sometimes but I'm here for you. I love you. The cat moms love you. And until next time, you can find us on Instagram at the Cat Mum Podcast. You can email us at thecatmumpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon at the Cat Mum Podcast. Uh, my mom just became a Patreon this week. Uh, shout out to my mom. She's never going to hear this because she keeps asking me how my blog is going. Um, so she doesn't understand what a podcast is. So that's, that's great. Um, but thank you, mom. Thanks for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's the shit they're not going to tell you. And, uh, we'll see you next week. This has been the Cat Mom Podcast. And I have been your host. Maggie Simiclahay. Until next time, let's keep supporting other moms like drunk girls in a bar bathroom.